and welcome to episode 215 of The Effect. Gates or Gar? I'm Dave. Joel of Gar! <laughs> Gates or Gar? I'm Dave, as I just said. I'm still Dave. And I'm Matthew. <laughs> and Dave is Dave is referring to a minor typo that I put on the <laughs> show notes. And I, I said, yeah, you're right, Dave, it should be Gates of Gar. But I have an alternative. As it's Gates Orgar, shall I present to you, our listeners, a mystery? We have either got Gates McFadden, the actress behind the wonderful portrayal of um, the Doctor in Next Gen, Doctor Crusher in in um, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, or we have Gareth Ryder Hanrahan, <laughs> author of the new Mariah supplement, and Moria. Moria. You have. Uh, Mariah. Did I say bloody Mariah again? I yes, did, didn't you keep I? saying Mariah. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. It just, anyway. The, more. The, the new Moria. Like two, two syllable. Moria. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Moria. It's easy. <laughs> just say it how it's spelled. R I A is Ria, not Raya, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> it could be Raya. Raya <laughs> would be R Y A, not, not R I A. Mariah. M A R I A is is Mariah, isn't it? But it's Maria. Not unless you're unless you're Mariah. Oh, Carey unless you've got an H on the end, and you're and you're stupid, and you just want to make your name sound different when actually it's just Maria. Anyway, maybe. Anyway, you have <laughs> roughly twenty minutes to half an hour. Our our, our <laughs> podcast listeners to work Can out: I? is it Gates McFadden or Gareth Ryder Hanrahan? Your I choice. Think... Gates well, well, or it's, Gar? It's not their choice, is it? Because we can't no, change the interview. Your vote. <laughs> Doesn't count. However, Just... one of those two will be on an interview, and that is the mystery. Yeah. Uh, we've also so got so what have we got to today? Thank... We've got an interview with Gareth Hanrahan. Oh, damn. Oh, don't spoil <laughs> it. I think we should definitely try and get an interview with Gates McFadden now. We really should. Even a <laughs> five-minute thing. Yeah, we could do one about Star Trek. Star Trek the uh, uh, the adventures or something. Um, anyway, uh, we've got some world of gaming. We haven't got so much news in the world of gaming. I guess people in games companies go off on their holidays the same time as everybody else does. And so <laughs> it's a little bit quieter, but there is some stuff. And then we have a mystery interview. Is it Gates or Gur? You can choose. You no, can't choose. You can vote. You can't choose. You can't choose. <laughs> We've chosen. Stop saying that they can choose when they absolutely can't. Sorry, folks. Well, is... If they want Gates, <clears throat> obviously... they'll have to wait until our, our later interview. Anyway. Okay. Let's, uh, let's start off, shall we, with our new patron. Yes. Go on, then. Thank you to Keith Rossellini. Uh, thank you very much, Keith. Our yep, latest thank new you. patron. Excellent. We have not yet seen you in the nicest place on the internet, so um, do put your Discord username in your profile on Patreon and you will be magically transported to our Discord server. Cool. Yes, good. Um, yeah, thank you very much, Keith, and look forward to seeing you on, on, on the Discord in the nicest place on the internet, as we keep saying. And we will keep saying, even if it becomes not the nicest place on the internet. No, it will never become not the nicest. But I, no, that is I will true. kick you off the server, Dave, before it becomes well, not when the I nicest. when I make it not the <laughs> nicest place on the internet. No, yeah. Okay, fair enough. 
That's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. We would do that to anybody else who is making it not the nicest place on the internet. So yeah. if it's me or yeah. you, then you know, the same rule applies. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Okay, then. What right, have we got so, in the world of gaming today? Yeah, we have got a, a, a game that I have some questions about that is now on... Is it now on pre-order? Is it joining pre-order shortly? And that's it, Dreams and Machines, Dave. Yeah, it comes to pre-order on September the 7th, the birthday of some wonderful, notable person around here. And it's not you... And that's a clue. It's not me. No, no, no. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not an edible person. So on your yeah. birthday, a game that you had a hand in writing... Absolutely. Be- ...gets on sale. And will people get a PDF straight away when they, I, when they I do I don't it? know, actually. I don't know. I'm just checking the the email. So um, Dreams and Machines, Modifius's latest um, homegrown uh, IP, it is um, already out in a starter box set, uh, which is available... Mm-hmm. But on 7th of September this week, uh, which is, what, three days for recording, um, they are putting up the pre-order for the Player's Guide and the GM's Guide. <clears throat> so two separate books mm. um, with everything you need to, to be able to run um, you know, a full Dreams of Machines campaign. It's uh, yeah, I've had a fair hand in, in, in working on a lot of this. So I've, done, um, I've contributed a lot to the history of uh, of the of the setting and i've done quite a lot of work around the um the setting itself so the location the region the continent it's all set because it's set on another planet called Avira prime and there are two main continents and there's a there's an island in the big sea between it one continent is uh kind of uh, it's not out of bounds but it's out of bounds in the sense that you just can't get to it at the moment but the other continent is where the game is set a continent called nedrosita and um, mm. so I had a big hand in uh, the, the map design for that and the map design for the region and the map design for the uh, kind of the main settlement, a place called New Mosgrove. And um, yeah, it's been great fun. I've loved working on it. Um, I'm very pleased to be working on the uh, campaign book, which will come out next year, which is fabulous. I've had a great big hand in that one. I'm kind of campaign design um, mm. on that one, which is fabulous. So I'm just having so a look. in so, these in these two books, are we expecting most of your work to be in the GM's guide? Then, from the from what you've described, um, yes, there are, there are player versions of a lot of the stuff that I've done in the player's guide, like sort of like skimmed mm-hmm. down versions. But yes, so a lot of the stuff that I've done will be in the GM's guide. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see anything on their notification about it that says whether you get a PDF or not. Um, but I, oh, well. I, I wouldn't be surprised though. I mean, it's 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 been kind of in in production for some while. So, but I don't know. It doesn't say. So, um, uh, okay. Next, I know. So, the starter set and the free quick start PDF are both available now. Um, It doesn't now, say. well, we shall so. have to. We, they may announce more nearer the time, so yeah, keep absolutely. an eye on our um, on our uh, on our Facebook page or our X page or our new Blue Sky page if mm. you're on Blue Sky. Cool. And we will uh, announce. We will pass on forward any of their messages that talk about PDFs in the uh, upcoming week before your birthday. Indeed. Which, of course, I will be celebrating by duly rolling a D66 on a crit table. 
Okay. Last time we had a birthday. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, cool. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday, though, Dave, for that one. Thank you. Um, Thank now, you. I have have got a question, though, about Dreams of Machines. Yeah. Something you said, you know, you, you mentioned right at the beginning of this, it's their latest homegrown IP. And I just wanted to know, and I don't know if you can even answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What was the impetus for this creation of a game? Is it like, is it some somebody connected with Modifius had, created a world for their a homebrew world for their own game and they it was really good and they went to Modifius and said we ought to publish this or mm. is it Modifius <clears throat> said well you know Star Trek's all very well and John Carter's all very well but we don't own those we want a sci-fi fantasy-ish game that we we own what would and and so, then you know yeah I'll shut up I was say, this is the longest question that you've ever well not, maybe not the longest question you've ever asked because you always ask me long, meandering... I can ask long and meandering Difficult questions, questions right. yes. Um, so it's... Of your two options that you gave me there, it's it's the latter. So, <clears throat> I think. Um, I don't have a massive insight, but I've, I've kind of gleaned from my time working on it and talking to Chris Birch and others. Uh, I, I think they, they're looking forward to, or they're enjoying their own IP because obviously mm-hmm. all their other IPs come with the license owners that add a level of uh, you know bureaucracy and and complication. So Apart I think from Acton Cthulhu. No no but I mean things you know obviously they've got Dune yeah. they've got Star Trek they've yeah. got you know all others. of those ones yeah yeah um Fallout and stuff. So I think they quite enjoy the freedom um certainly the creative freedom to do what they please. Uh, but this one I think is is kind of a brain um like a What's the word? We're not brainchild, but um, uh, it's it, it, it's an old idea of Chris's, Chris Birch's, and I think he's had this in mind for a long time, mm. and the the time has become, you know, it's now been ripe to to get on with it and do it um, and move it forward. There's mm. I think there's I mean he's been collating artwork for it for years, and I think the original idea of this came seven or eight years ago at least, if not if not more, and so when I got to see the kind of the the the, the artwork the, mood board. Repo- the artwork repository there's t- there was tons of artwork and this is when mm. we were kind of working on it you know the starter set hadn't even come out and it's I mean it's great there some of the artwork is really cool you know it's got a lovely lovely feel to it um so yeah this has been an idea that's been brewing for a long time and I think just the time was right in the last couple of years to to move it up to the front you know of their queue of production and get it get it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is great, and it's great to see it coming out, and uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, and I've been delighted to have had a chance to work on it, and, and delighted to have worked on the the campaign book, which will come out next year. It's uh, yeah, it's great. I'm, I yeah, I mean, I've, I've really got into the the kind of the setting and the look and the feel of of the game, and um, yeah, hopefully it's going to be it's going to do really well, and it will be popular. Cool. Okay. Um... So, yeah, look out for it and order it. And then two books is interesting as well. Um, why are they gone for for the two-book way? I don't know. Because that's got to be, yeah, oh, well, we'll... Um... <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. That was always the plan. So ever since I've been involved, I've been working on the GM's Guide and the Player's Guide. Hmm. Um, I don't Yeah, I could speculate, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know their particular reasons. Right. 
Now, exciting uh, future news. I'm going to Essen in a month's time. Mm. Are you coming, Dave? I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm, you're not. Are you you not. were invited, so, but you couldn't I be was, bloody bothered. So, so sadly, I'm not, because I would love to have gone. It would have been fabulous. And I haven't been to Essen before. But my reason for not going is is a good one, for me anyway, because I've got tickets to go and see uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Buffalo Bills at uh, White Hart Lane on that Sunday. And I can't wait. Really looking forward to that. That should be great fun. I'm a huge American cool. football fan, if uh, if anybody didn't realise that. So, People have um, heard that. They have. Have they? Um, just in case. I'm a huge American football fan. And uh, mm. I can't wait. I, you know, the season starts this week. The season starts on my birthday. Well, it doesn't actually start on my birthday here. Everything's it's happening one, on your birthday, it's, it's, Well, it's, it's one like o'clock. The world the... revolves around you. <laughs> yeah, well, it does. Uh, it, yeah, the, the season kicks off, I think, at one o'clock on the 8th here. But in the US, it kicks off on my birthday. Um, mm. So I, won't, I probably won't stay up to watch that, but I'll record it and watch it on Friday, which would be great. And then it's back into my lovely usual Sunday evenings of watching lots of American football and, and wondering Excellent. why my wife is letting me get away with it. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. Well, I won't, I won't presume as to and I'd be able to answer that one. Anyway, one of the exciting things about Essen is we will be demoing Zone Wars, mm. which... I'm, I'm just intrigued by Do you remember that first time that we worked with Free League when we were running Alien for them at UK Games Expo? And we came across a, a, a Mutant I, Year Zero style game of a figure, game. figure game. Yeah. And they, had, um, and they hadn't heard about it. We said to them, No. Oh, do you see this? I went, Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> nice if they I told us. I think they us. were a little bit miffed, weren't they? Yeah. They, they were. I mean, they it, were. And I think, right, so at least they could be informed. That it was happening. It's not their IP, um, but it is, you know, it's their work because they took Mutant, which is the, you know, the whole world, and they had created the Year Zero setting. And then that, and they knew about this one, that got turned into a, uh, a computer game. And then that computer game effectively got licensed for the Miniatures War game. So um, so that's, that's why they weren't effectively told. But, you know, they were understandably a little bit miffed. Anyway, that never happened, and and now Free League are making the skirmish game, and uh, I'll be getting the first chance to play it. I'm hoping to get the rules sometime in the next month. Um, well, you would think it would be useful for you to get to know the <laughs> rules pretty well before um, before Essen, wouldn't you? Particularly if you're expecting Martin, to demo the game. Yeah, Martin Takeshi is going to be with us, and I think he wrote the rules, so he probably knows them better than anybody else. But, okay, um, cool. Yeah, cool. We're going to be demoing that, and there are going to be uh, mini sessions, just forty-five minute long encounters of Forbidden cool. Lands. So, uh, not Forbidden Lands. What do I mean? I mean Draken <laughs> Zone. Uh, zone Draca Wars. Octo- yeah. No, there, there's going to be Zone okay. Wars, and there's going to be uh, Dragon Bane or Draca Octomona. Demona. Draca Octomona. Yeah, you and your Swedish wife and your accent and everything. Yeah, anyway, so we're going to be running that. I can't do the accent, that's for sure. And we're going to be selling a whole bunch of stuff. So if you are one of our German listeners or indeed able to get to Essen by any other form, uh, come and say hi to us. Um, Matt Kay will also be with us, um, who's, you know, another Free League uh, podcasting and YouTubing celebrity. He'll, He'll also be on the team. But do you know who's in charge, Dave? (laughs) 
I do know who has been asked to be in charge. And the only reason they've asked you to be in charge is because if you don't think you're in charge, you pout the whole time. <laughs> I'm sure. So I'm we sure all we all humour you and just say, yes, yes, Matthew, you're in charge. Well done. Go on, yes. Yeah. Pat on the head. And, you know, well done. Very good job. And you and you anyway. feel better. And you feel better about yourself. And we can all yes. do a good job. <laughs> I, I, I've always said that. When when I used to have um, you know a pre, um, you know one to ones with my boss, whoever it was, he said, "What motivates you?" And I used to say, "Was you telling me I'm good?" <laughs> yeah, positive feedback I, is a powerful. I just like it. Same here. It is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, so sorry, I'm, I've I've just now forgotten our entire list of um, world of gaming news. Assassin's yeah, Creed. That's the next one. Assassin's Creed. So, um, Chris Lights is working on that, isn't he? I is think. he? I think so. Mm. Mm, I wouldn't bet my house on it, but I think I saw something that said Francesco Nepotello is uh, is working on it. Oh, okay, um, cool. Which is kind of why it made World of Gaming because. I've got to say, I'm not particularly interested in a TTRPG of Assassin's Creed. Well, I think also it's um, 5e, I think. Is it? I thought it was its own system. You checking it up? Because I can hear I'm your, having a, your, I'm clipboard, having a quick look. your I'm keyboard ta- clipping. <laughs> I'm having a quick look, see if I can find. Um, Did you yeah, find anything? Keep, keep talking. Oh, keep talking. Yeah, so Assassin's Creed. To me, uh, the Assassin's Creed computer game is a bit like role-playing a role-player who, um, I don't know how many people know the game, but essentially you play somebody in the modern age who works for a company who goes back into one of his ancestors and um, role-plays that ancestor in in the actual history to effect change in the past for some nefarious reason. Um, And they're always connected to a guild of assassins. And they have to spend a lot of time jumping off tall things onto people to kill them. <laughs> um, so, obviously, you know, a role-playing game that has special rules for jumping off tall things to kill people below you is fine. But a role-playing game where you're role-playing somebody who role-plays uh, an assassin <laughs> um, doesn't quite do it for me. No. No, I... Um... I love. I mean, I'd say I love the role playing game, the uh, the video games. I've only actually played one of them, which is Black Flag, which is great. I absolutely love sailing around the seas and, and attacking other ships. That was just such good fun. I I was um, really looking forward to Black Flag, but then I I I've stopped in some battle where there's like five um, Spanish galleons, and they just defeat me every single time. I haven't worked out how uh, to escape or how to win. All uh, right, um, okay. And I, I lost interest. The, yeah, there was. That does, that does, yeah, that does the same for me. <laughs> One of my mm. favourite games of all time, I never finished it, um, Freelancer, um, mm-hmm. if anybody ever played that. Absolutely brilliant game. But every time I played through it, there is a, a choke point of a, uh, like a great big dust field that you can't see anything, and you've got to have a fight in there, and then you've got to find the way out. And I could never find the way out. And so every time my game stopped, because I reached that choke point and I couldn't get through it, mm. And it really yeah. pissed me off. It really, for the one thing, you know, that game was superb with the exception of that ridiculous fucking choke point that then made I didn't, I didn't play the rest of the game. Yeah. Really, really annoying. Just shit design. But otherwise, mm. Freelancer was absolutely superb. Uh, and I've, I, I, I bought and downloaded Starfield yesterday, so I'm waiting for Wednesday so I can start playing that. Which uh, I'm kind of hoping. Not early accessing. 
Oh, well, I thought for 30 extra quid, is it really worth it? So I thought, no, really, it isn't. Nah, not really. No, I mean... I couldn't justify that expense, even, no. even around my birthday. I mean, if this was the last day of your school holidays, or the last week of your school holidays or whatever, then maybe it would have been worth it, but you don't. You get no more time this week than you will get in a week's time. No, and I've, I'm going to have months, if not years, if Skyrim's anything to go by, to play the mm. game. So an extra three days, you know, it doesn't really... Yeah. You know, if I if I could have had this week And it off, did take you years then, to beat Skyrim, didn't it? So... Uh... Well, I mean, I, but I think beat is the wrong word um, <laughs> because my first run through of Skyrim, as I do in most of these games, I just like to go and explore. And mm-hmm. um, I went off and explored. I didn't follow the main quest. And when I finally got around to doing the main quest hundreds of hours in, um, I kind of thought, OK, this is fine. This is fun. And then I, I came across the first shout they give you, which is the one that allows you to run really fast. And I thought, yeah. fuck, that would have been really useful over the last hundred hours of play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, so it's it's fun. I, I'm just looking forward to getting in my spaceship and flying off into the black and seeing what I find. So look, mm. looking forward to it very much. Excellent. Assuming my laptop it does look go lovely, poof. but I'm does, somehow yeah. not tempted. No, um, okay. So where are we? Um, Assassin's Creed we've covered. Did you find any gossip so, about it? Uh, no, I can't find the post I was looking at before, but um, I have seen it. it pre-orders open on the 5th of September. So that's uh, Tuesday this week after um, after 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 this comes yeah. out. So, yeah, pre-orders open mm-hmm. September 5th. I can't see anything else. I can't find a page that gives me any more information about the book. I I'm sure I saw something about it. Though. I, I mean, maybe I'm getting confused, but... Um... Yeah. Well, this is scintillating um, listening for our listeners, uh, <laughs> listening to you reading, reading the internet. I'm going to move on to Shadow of the Weird Wizard, which um, is another game that personally I'm not massively interested in, um, but I know our patrons are, or some of our patrons are at the very least, so I thought it deserved a mention here, particularly because... This only has a few days to run on Kickstarter. If you've heard of Shadow of the Demon Lord, this is the same but less demony. Um, not quite as dark and deadly as Shadow of the Demon Lord. A little bit more family friendly, or at least um, I'll say family. I don't know whether it's family friendly. Uh, yeah, not as dark as Shadow of the Demon Lord. And um, one of our patrons, Paul, is looking forward to it very much. Old school rules. Uh, style. I was going to say I know nothing. I know nothing else about it. Uh, I never played Shadow of the Demon Lord. No, no. I think I think a game has been played within our social circle, as it were. But I don't think either of us are involved. Um, it's not one that rocks my boat at all. What's but, the um, system? What's the mechanics? You said well, it's, old school rules. So awesome. kind of, okay. you know. So, and ad- adaptation of yeah, early, yeah, yeah, okay, early D yeah, um, yeah, and it, it doesn't really appeal to me. I mean, there's so many fantasy games out there now. Um, if they're basically the same rules but in a different skin, then they're not yeah. so interesting. Um, but obviously, I mean, you know, if I'd been playing Shadow of the Demon Lord for twenty years or however long it's been out, then I'd feel very differently. <clears throat> Yeah, so this does kind of work as a second edition of that, and I think you know some tidying up of the rules could be well applied to the darker yeah. world of the Demon Lord if you so desire. 
But yes, uh, but no, the other uh, thing. So let me just finish. So just Sorry. to say, uh, I'm looking at the Kickstarter now. Four days to go at the point of recording, which is Sunday, the third of September. It's smashed its goal by a thousand percent. So it doesn't need your money. But if you want to go and back it, then um, yeah, you've got four days to go. Excellent. Um, but if you're heading in the Kickstarter direction, you may want to back uh, Black Mariah. No, no, sorry. Moria. Then Moria the ju- through the ju- doors of Durin. That's if you're a one ring pl- a player. If you're if you bat for the other side, as it were, and enjoy Five E, then it's um, got a different title. But it's the same adventure. Yes, the Five E title is the Shadow of Kazadum. Kazadum. The artwork. And, on, um, the artwork on the Five E book looks fabulous. I mean, the artwork on both <laughs> of them looks fabulous. But I do like the. Uh, Obviously, um, the Durin style kind of artwork on the 5e book, it's not yeah. going to get me to buy it, mind, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it looks cool. Oh, it looks cool, and the beauty of this one is you back both, or you 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 back one one system, as it were, you you make one backing and you choose whether you want it to be um, 5e or Tor. You can add the other version onto it if you want to. But this way, we've got everybody contributing to the same Kickstarter. They both come out, I imagine, roughly the same time. I expect, obviously, uh, one side or the other will have some production difficulties, one might expect, (laughs) at some point. And then there'll be a month or two between them. But the idea is that they all come out at the same time. And that is the philosophy now with all of the, uh, um, shall we say, the Tolkien world um releases that freedom mm. will do they will be simultaneously published in it's a good idea it makes sense formats. doesn't it it makes sense absolutely yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm all for it um uh, but the cool. yeah i i've backed it and i didn't really expect that i would but i i did it's got one of those gorgeous covers uh, well shall we covers shall we hear what Gareth has got to say about it, rather than... Uh... Let's have a listen to Gareth Ryder Hanrahan. Sorry it wasn't Gates McFadden, everybody, but uh, <laughs> maybe next time. So, today in the Effect Hammam, um, uh, we don't have a player, although I guess he might be a player as well, but he's also a, a creator. Um, the the little-known creator, up-and-coming uh, Gareth Hanrahan. Um, LAUGHTER uh, the uh, writer of many, many things, not least the uh, most recent expansion for The One Ring and uh, Lord of the Rings 5e, the Moria uh, expansion. Um, fabulous to have you on the show, Gareth. It's um, it's a real delight for us to have Thank someone you so much. with your, your long <laughs> record and uh, you know credibility in the industry uh, oh, talking God. to us. That's fabulous. Thank you. I have credibility? When does that happen? <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. If this interview goes really well, you will have none left. But uh, you have built up quite a positive reputation over the years. I've got to say, I'm I'm hero worshipping at the moment. So um, if I start acting all fanboyish, just Tell me to calm down. Uh, but, yeah. but, but credibility is one step away from responsibility, and I've arranged <laughs> my entire career to avoid that. To avoid... Uh, you've got to watch <laughs> out sense. for that. I think people are yeah. people are putting a what, they've got a lot of weight on what this uh, upcoming adventure pack that you have created. Uh, there's a lot of emotional investment that people have got in this, so uh, there may be some responsibility as well. Let's uh, let's uh, so with all of our guests. 
um, we like to invite them just to briefly give us a potted history of their how they got into gaming in the first place and a little bit about uh, about themselves. So, um, if you wouldn't mind, Gareth. Yeah. Well, ironically, it's this is like a very much sort of full circle thing because my very very first experience was playing in a Middle Earth game, and I was playing an elf who had passed through Moria. Mm-hmm. So my, okay, cool. Um, I was like. 12 years old and I was like I'd been a Tolkien fan before that but the local library was running a Tolkien week and the local games club was utterly unaware of because this is pre-internet so I'd never even heard of role-playing running a session of Merp and I went in and there were all these people sitting on the table I went what's that and I was just standing <laughs> at the back and they went bring another player you you child there uh-huh. and they gave me a card sheet and said an, an elf would pass to Maria and I went this is the best thing ever. <laughs> Excellent. And played, and then spent another year trying to work out what I had played because they like the no like Merc box on the table, right? They just said maps and character sheets. Yeah. So I ended up like buying random, incredibly complicated war games. Going, was this what I played? <laughs> and then finally found D and D, and D and D led to Call of Cthulhu, and Call of Cthulhu led to Warhammer. Blah blah blah. Uh, then went to college, got involved the games, actually the same gaming society, only like, you know, 10 years later. Um, was helping run the local convention, wrote scenarios to the convention, put scenarios up online because the internet had that point become being invented. And that led to freelancing. And then the freelancing very much accidentally led to working full time in the industry because my real job went away. And yeah, it's like 20 years down the road now when I'm still sort of. Still getting Avoiding away with it. That's exactly. Avoiding responsibility whilst maintaining credibility. To, yeah, 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 to like to, 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 to conversation before we went live. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, cool. That's brilliant. I'm sure we're, we're going to bring up a number of your um, of your past uh, past achievements uh, as we go through this interview, and I'm just going to get out of the way right now. That I love the Dracula dossier that you wrote with Ken Height. Um, not everybody in my circle loves it, but everybody who's played it loves it. And um, yeah, it's just great. And so freeform, so sandboxy, and yet it all holds together. And it makes me look like a genius, which is always good. So um, so that bit the of only, praise. The only, reason, the only reason we hate it is because Matt won't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps going on about how good it is. So, well, to, uh, be, to, be, to be fair, I won't shut up about it either. The Dracula dossier was ridiculous amounts of fun to write. It is certainly one of the best things I have done and expect will ever do because it's just one of those projects where everything came together so perfectly. Mm. Um, and Ken did the, did the main design for it and I didn't like the bulk of the writing. So we both sort of feel the other person did more work, which is the best like you know approach to any partnership <laughs> yeah and yeah it was with one or two minor instances involving tea staining um an absolute joy <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things talking about the hawkins papers which i'm sure are the tea stained yeah. items uh, one of my favorite things about those are the fact that you can find the swallows and the amazons in an orphanage their navy father having oh, died yes. being experimented on is just brilliant <laughs> I, i've got, I've got a constant con scenario where you're playing um, people try to investigate that whole thing and it's things, but yeah, we we, we did for the Hawkins papers. For those who don't know, we did these fantastic, or I say we we got this fantastic layout guy called Dale Englehart. He's Australian. He's the new <laughs> something these days uh, person, and he did these exquisite period handouts for like you know, what 
hundred or so documents. And then Pellegrin went, these are so beautiful, we can't just like, you know, print them out. We should assemble them. So if you, get, <laughs> if you were lucky enough to get a set, they like, you know, printed everything out on like different to the paper. If a document was like, you know, paste together, they cut it and pasted it. Um, uh, but we got more backers for that than we planned. And poor Kat literally recruited <laughs> her entire family to just stain sheets of paper with tea and bake them in the oven. Yeah, luckily I went yeah. for the PDF, so I'm not to blame for that at all. <laughs> that, that is very, very wise. So. Um, but yeah, we're not here to talk about the Dracula just yet, though I could fill the next half hour with that. Um, we're here to well, talk about... Dracula dossier special, you know, if Gareth is willing to talk to us again after this Again, I, I will not shut up about it, so anytime. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about Moria, but let's start off actually with Mirkwood which many people have said is the best campaign they have ever run. More people have said that than they've said about the, the Dracula dossier. So tell me, when, how long ago was it that you made Mirkwood for Cubicle 7? Oh, dear God. Um, I At this point, it was for 2014, wasn't it? Man, the wonders of Google that can check when I was like, you know, talking to John Hodgson a lot. <laughs> uh, ba, 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 darn, uh, 20, yeah, 2013, I think it would have started on. Cracky, 10 um, years, coming up on the anniversary. Yeah, I think so. Well, possibly more. It was certainly, certainly relatively early in my time at Cubicle 7. Um, I was like one of, one of the C7 sort of regular writers, and I was like vaguely aware that they were that Francesca was off working on the One Ring game, and then I popped in to do the first. Uh, adventure anthology, which seems to be my general role in life to wander <laughs> into the first adventure anthology for various games because I've done it about 10 times now for various things. <laughs> and then we were discussing what the next thing should be. And I just kind of, I already sort of outlined the campaign in the original um, core book. And I started expanding on that and I expanded on it so much that it became two books because originally. Heart of the Wild and Dark Network were going to be one volume and right. And yeah, I mean it was it's it is self-confessedly a tribute and um mm -hmm. homage, which are the same word twice, but homage sounds way flatter <laughs> to um the Great Pen Dragon campaign. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. while also weaving in like thirty years of Tolkien lore and rather usefully it's 30 years of Tolkien lore that like you know, doesn't affect the main plot line so we're able to <laughs> kind of do what you like with it almost yeah, yeah exactly as long as we like you know, did did bad things to the woodmen it all lined up perfectly with canon <laughs> excellent that's brilliant so uh well so you're saying the adventure anthology got you in on the one ring franchise initially and and then um heart of the wild and Mookwood yeah. came later yeah, I, I suspect I, I'd have like forced my way in, in anyway, because um, I've like as, like as a talking got me into gaming. I first read Lord of the Rings when I was eight or so, um, and I've just always been a an absolute middle earth nerd. So yeah. um, mm -hmm. I suspect I, if they hadn't let me in, I would have like you know threatened them or something. Which is, <laughs> cool. Yeah. And what that, was it that, like that, working in a kind of super team with Francesco? And Nepotello. Um, how see uh, different collaborators work different ways. With Francesco, 
it tends to be that I will write something up and send it off to him, and there will be this long period of silence, <laughs> and then he will then he will he will come back with very very precise feedback. Um, so it, it, it's a lot like you know, going to a temple making an offering, and then waiting <laughs> to see if, you know, <laughs> if there's white smoke or black smoke. Um, no, I mean, for, um, and uh, weirdly with, with with Tolkien, that's exactly what you want. Like mm. other. Um, other properties are robust is the wrong word, but there it's very getting the Tolkien mood right is very very tricky, um, mm. because he was so sensitive to language, especially names. The setting is it feels like it, 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 people say oh like Tolkien generic fantasy, but it's not. He, he he had a very precise vision for it, and it's. It's very hard to add stuff. Like well, yeah. these days, when I'm writing, when I'm when I'm writing anything for the One Ring, I'll almost always start with some line of Tolkien just as an anchor point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like for example, in Darkly Mirkwood, there are the three giant spiders. Their names came from a line in Tolkien: The Great War, which is like this biography of Tolkien's early early thing. And he basically he he mentioned these three names as monsters in like a very, 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 very early draft of like Fall Gondolin mm-hmm. or something. And just having those names that hadn't been used anywhere else, I felt sort of gave me permission to add something to the, wor- something to the world. Yeah. And like, to a degree, that's just like, sort of that's like, the, like a psychological blocker, or something, like, sort of, like, you know, like a, a weird affectation on my part. But it is, because talk is so, the, the tone is so, precise the language is so precise the mood is so delicate mm. having that sort of structure really helped and similarly with francesco having someone there to act as this almost like a gatekeeper as this like you know person who would really check the stuff and be unmerciful if i got it wrong was just very reassuring mm-hmm. to like you know to know that it wasn't going to make it was like a sort of safety net there yeah i i gotta admit actually you know you, you'll see i mean um dave well we've worked on the alien game and you'll get a lot of people with opinions about what the alien universe does and it mm-hmm. strikes me that you don't particularly see that with the one ring and with tolkien in that everybody appreciates that this is incredibly accurate to uh tolkien's creation so i'm guessing mm-hmm. francesco as gatekeeper is probably the ultimate annoying um well actually fan who uh who, who who manages to put down everybody's arguments before before they even get out in print to a degree I mean, there, there, there is there is back and forth and there is like you know okay we want to do this how can we how can we make that work so it's mm. not that it is like you're completely like you know, yes or no mm. but it is great to have someone else there who will have that same level of uh, What's a word that's half in between reverence and doubt? <laughs> so, like, you know, this degree of like you know, I don't know fidelity to the, to the source. Because the, 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 the other thing about it's a great word, it's a lovely word. <laughs> the great thing about or the great, the great and damning thing about, about Middle Earth is that it's all one person's work. It's this whole line about how did one person in half in like half a century become the creation oh, yeah. of, of an entire people, like you. Know, Everything is in there if you just look for it hard enough or can be extrapolated from. And it's extrapolation, we've got to be very, very careful. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I guess with with something like you know, the world of Tol- Tolkien, it's so rich and there's so much to it that mm-hmm. the gaps in the canon or in the world to fit new stuff are are really narrow. They're almost like cracks and you have to be really careful. Whereas I think with Alien, yes, there are things you can and can't do, but it feels like you could be a bit more um, rough maybe with the Alien canon than you could yeah. be with the Tolkien canon. I think so. And also as well, because Alien is not just one creator, like, you mm. know, there is... Like you can't, like there is no one who can say yeah. this is alien, this is not alien. Whereas yeah. with Tolkien, like obviously he's like you know, unlike, he, Tolkien is unlikely to review any of the books at the moment, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you 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 do. That's, that's, that's why I feel I have to go back to the source every time. Yeah, just to sort of like you know, get that connection, that that, that that feeling that I'm building on something as opposed to creating something. Mm. It, it, it's a weird one because I've, I've worked in many, many other properties where I don't do the same hang-ups. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so you uh, you what you did you did that for um, for Cubicle Seven, as you've said. Mm-hmm. Now, Moria has quite a long history, and <laughs> as I believe it, you started writing that for Cubicle Seven way back when, and uh, well, I think. Yeah. We should acknowledge that the Kickstarter is currently being incredibly successful. There's a lot of pent up demand for it, and some of it, I'm sure, goes back to when did when did you start writing Moria for for Cubicle Seven? I mean, technically, I started writing Moria in the last paragraph of Darkling Mirkwood because the last mm-hmm. year, basically Darkling Mirkwood is, 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 is like thirty year campaign. Yeah. And the last year lines up about, it's about five years before Battle Departs. So the original plan back in the C7 days was to basically do not quite the Dark Maria 2, but as a similar structure where you're playing Balan's expedition. Um, you're going to be, go through the, tra- the journey to Maria, the five years in Maria, and then you all die, basically. Or <laughs> right. if you want to be from canon, you might last six, seven years, and then you all die or you run away. <laughs> And that was done, that was finished. Then there was um, the license got transferred. Um, and we then started again from scratch for a couple of reasons. The main one though is with the darkening lasting 30 years and then that sort of brought the time, the hypothetical timeline, if you had played through darkening, your campaign would now be up in the like um, tw- uh, 2090s, your, in line from Maria. Mm. In second in second edition, we brought the timeline back to twenty nine sixty five, isn't it? So like a few years after the first edition timeline, but still thirty years short of Alan. So right. the, the so the discussion was basically what do we do then? And the plan was or the decision was to make it more of a location guide campaign where it's not necessarily t- you, like the is still in there as an appendix. You can still play that approach to the campaign if you want. All but right. It's also more flexible. You could ha- you could have your own characters going in and stuff your own Maria, or go through it once as a journey, or launch your own doomed campaign, <laughs> doomed attempt to be taken before Balan has merry dwarves show up. Mm. So uh, that is a question that I've already seen buzzing around the Kickstarter, and I don't know whether um, Thomas Friedig has asked you to write anything about it for the for the Kickstarter. But a lot of say, a lot of people are saying uh, that Free League's campaigns are gen well no sorry let's not say generally 
Free League excel when they make quite sandboxy campaigns. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously people love them with, you know, a number of adventure sites and then make up your own story. I mean, they give you a lot of tools for discovering a story among those adventure sites. But some people looking back to Merkwood are hoping for something that's more structured. Are you saying then that we're at first glance, you've got that uh, sandbox approach, but then there is in the appendix and elsewhere that there is a more structured uh, story that you can play yeah. if you so desire. How, how, how is it? Yeah, uh, it is certainly more sandbox, much more sandboxy than Darkling. It's loca it's it's location based as opposed to uh, Tale of Years based. There's no ongoing timeline. Mm -hmm. That said, he said two words very, very carefully. <laughs> there are a couple of plot threads that run through all the locations or many locations. There are hidden connections between them you can discover. So there are like three sort of major campaign threads that run through the whole thing that even if you start off as being a sandboxy, let's go in and poke around, there's a good chance if you fall, if you pursue the, the plot hooks you're presented with, they will get drawn into those plot threads. Mm. So it, I, I, I know I'm trying to sort of like, you know, have my cake here and eat at the same time, but it is, it's location-based, but there are grains of plot in there, which you will sort of follow through the location as you, as you go deeper. Mm. Mm -hmm. so, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, that's interesting because I, I like, I like that idea. And I think, I think a lot of people do, because you've got, like you say, your, your, your overarching sort of plot lines that, that people can follow, but actually it's, you know, the place is there to explore mm -hmm. and you're not being driven to follow those plot lines if you don't particularly want to. Yeah. Um, plus, one plus, thing I was... Yeah, sorry, yeah, go, no, go yeah, ahead. No, so some of them also... I don't, the other thing that we sort of have to be careful of is how it interacts with canon. Mm -hmm. Because like, you the supplement can't, can't push too far in itself because everything has to line up. You, you want basically this to be the same Middle Earth that like Frodo and Cobalt wander through in 30 years time. At yeah. the same time, because the game you want to give the players choices, if you push on certain levers and push through certain doors and your lore master is willing to deviate, you can push things into like, you know, away from the canonical events and create your own take on things. Mm. So, so you can potentially turn Mariah Mariah, <laughs> Moria into. Moria. A, yeah. I I always have that problem yeah. into a shining dwarven city on the hill. Uh, can yeah. you and and you can and open the doors to Frodo as soon as he arrives? Yes, it, it, uh, it would it would be unlikely because there are quite a few existing tenants there who might object to the shining city under a hill. Yeah, I was going to say I, yeah. I saw that um, you know in in the book you'll be able to have an encounter with Durin's Bane, potentially. Yes, indeed. Um, so so that implies, at least in theory, that you could, you know, defeat or banish Durin's Bane, depending on how powerful your characters are. In theory, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, theoretically you could. In the theory. Maybe it's a bit like Cthulhu, where you can't beat Cthulhu, obviously. But, well, um, he, he, he is beatable. Um, it's just extremely unlikely, and it would require basically the the the, the 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 
Loremaster will for that will have to be willing to again bend from canon and basically yeah one of these things about how it's the, the landmark structure is the Loremaster can decide like, can decide which locations are act are in his version of Maria and which ones aren't mm-hmm. and if certain locations have been ruined then the tools and weapons you'll need to be done the Balrog won't be accessible in that campaign. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, cool. That cool. makes me think about uh, the two game systems that this is is being run in. My first question is, how much work have you done in particular about having, you know, addressing the needs of those two very different systems? Um, I've all, I, all, all the supplements have been written by, by me just, just for uh tour uh mm-hmm. i know 5e but i would not consider myself an expert on it so i'm trusting to the conversion team to ha- handle that um and so I, I, mean, I, I, I've I played I, a bit of well yeah. i've run a bit of, of both both systems mm. and it strikes me that as one might expect with the 5e version that that is a little bit more shall we say it's easier for the players to be heroic um you know it doesn't seem to me that shadow has quite the same effect or quite the same complication on player characters lives in 5e Mm -hmm. that it does in tour so is there a danger that you might defeat the balrog in 5e but you probably wouldn't in tour do you think and does does that matter but anyway (laughs) that's another (laughs) question (laughs) um I, I, do, I don't think the difference in system is going to be half as big a contributing factor as the decisions of the players and the taste of the Loremaster. Like you, you can, because yeah. cause, cause it, it is a flexible sandbox setting where you can basically plug in whichever landmarks you want. You can run Maria as this like epic dungeon crawl where you're like, you know, slay, slaying orcs leveling up, getting treasures, getting tougher and tougher until finally, yes, you can take the Balrog. Or you can run Maria as this nightmare dungeon where basically the aim is to get in and out as quick as you can. Mm. And there are like, you know, horrible things lurking in the shadows and you're being pursued and or getting lost. And you can basically run I as, love... as like survival horror or heroic fantasy, depending on your taste. Yeah, I think I, I love the idea of a campaign of just getting through it alive. Mm. I think that would be really cool. I mean, I mean, in in, 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 in a way, that, that's the truth of Tolkien because like what people yeah. do in, in Maria is not like you know, go look for treasure. It's like you know, we need to go under this mountain to avoid being seen, or because of a snowstorm or something. Yeah, we will we yeah. will take this really really bad shortcut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the lesser of the two evils. So yeah. how bad is the other evil? <laughs> I mean, uh, and the, the other big big thing is like you know, whereas humans might see this as like oh there's a big ancient city full of gold and mithril under the mountain let's go loot it for dwarves this is like you know it's their holy city basically sacred, it's sacred ground yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. um so, so you could a have whole... a campaign as 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 a group of dwarves going in to stop looters perhaps or Absolutely. Something. yeah the, the, the thing is dane who's like the king of the, of the longbeard the durin's line he's gone thou shalt not go into maria <laughs> right. It's forbidden. Okay. We, we, until their power walks these holes, we can't go back there. Well, he he's only the king of one branch of the dwarves. There are other dwarves out there who are sort of going. Mm. Hang on, we, we, your your lot can't go in, but we, we can go in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. In um, fact, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, th uh, Thrain promised us, like, you know, money and so forth for fighting in the battle. You, you, you technically owe us, so we're just going to, like, you know, take our weird pills. <laughs> yeah. So you talked about a number of threads that, like. that people can pick up mm -hmm. uh, and, and um, create a campaign out of as, as they play a kind of procedural one. Um, now, I might not have mentioned this before, but one very good campaign that I've enjoyed that you've written is the Dracula dossier. And that is brilliant at you giving guidance to the game. You know, you, you, you just offload a whole world onto the game master in a brilliant way. But you also say, and you could run it this way and you could connect these things this way in a very friendly and informative way. Have you, do you offer help to the law master in, um, in tour uh or, or indeed 5e uh to help them craft a campaign if they don't feel because i i do feel that a, that a lot of great law masters are great because they're so into uh lord of the rings and i'm not that nerdy about lord of the rings dare i say Heresy. so i need i need my handheld through through maria i think as, and, as a fanboy, Matt, you shouldn't have said that. That was a <laughs> yeah, bad blow. I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here. <laughs> Our listeners can hate me if they want. It's Gareth who's going to hate you now. Sort of. Yeah, indeed. Clearly, it's my hatey face. Um, <laughs> I started off writing scenarios for conventions. So my sort of guiding principle has always been, how does this text support the GM? How is this useful to a GM? in the moment, running stuff at the table. So yeah, there is lots and lots of advice there on pacing, on staging, on how, like, you know, what bits to push, how to respond to your players. Mm -hmm. It is designed to be as easy to run and as comprehensive as possible. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all about the, hugging gems and lifting them up. Uh, Someone once referred to it as like the, the dramaturgy, where basically your role <laughs> is to sort of like, you know, pull out and like you support the action of, of, of the game yeah yeah absolutely uh, that's that's great and obviously that's going to be for me the value for money in the whole thing um so uh is there any more from you planned for the line later on i mean obviously we don't know how many uh extra goals we're going to be getting stretch goals and more stuff that you think you might be made to write before the thing comes out but um yeah i mean stretch goals are the the first thing on the agenda um mm. i don't know um i i hope so um I, again i refer them to or refer back to like previous threats and so forth that i made to previous holders of the license <laughs> so i i, I you, but you haven't, like you haven't in the last paragraph of this set up the next campaign. Uh, have I? Not really. Um, I've sort of like you. Like I, I, arguably, I have because one of the plot threads is um, you've got different factions of orcs in Moria, mm -hmm. and you've got like the regular Moria orcs, but you've also got a bunch of Mordor orcs who have shown up and are going, who are basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, who've been sent to basically recruit the mountain orcs and sort of get 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 things like you know, early prep for the War of the Ring. Mm -hmm. But uh, currently, there's uh, the the mountain orcs are not cooperating with these strangers from the south. Neither should. So they. you, 
Well, it's all based on um, Krishnak and Snaga and Ugluk in, um, oh, which chapter is it? Chapter four, Treebeard. Um, sorry, in, um, you know, the rings where he's got the three mm. factions of orcs squabbling. Mm. I've always loved that chapter. Uh, so basically, yeah, there is hints at stuff happening off down south because we, we are getting closer and closer to the drums of war and the assault in Gondor and so forth. And I would love to head back to Gondor and mm. do stuff there. Mm. Um, and, and I think a lot of people, I, a lot of people are enjoying Eriador, but I feel particularly from the old hands that they want to get out of Eriador and oh, down to places like Gondor. No, oh, de yeah. definitely. Uh, uh, <laughs> if we could hop on the Anduin and sail south and do Gondor as soon as possible, that'd be ideal for me. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Well, hopefully this is going to sell well enough that uh, Freely might consider you as an up-and-coming writer. They may give you another job. <laughs> well, from, 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 well, from, your, from your lips to <laughs> Thomas's <laughs> mighty ears. <laughs> well, it, it's certainly doing very well so far. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're two, day, two days in and you've got nearly 8,500 backers. Um it's uh yeah it's been a yeah great success. I, I was watching the numbers and going oh dear christ that's rather alarming <laughs> <laughs> um i remember with this that it is the backers from two different game systems that are backing at the same time so keep that in Indeed. mind um I, but, I uh, know, but, 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 it's still a lot of people <laughs> mm. now now i'm going to ask the controversial questions Oh, since it was announced, the name of the One Ring version has changed. Can you reveal yeah, the reason a... why that's changed? I can't because I don't know it. Because <laughs> um, it, you I, know, it I, was um, I can't remember it, it was, uh, the Long Dark the long or dark, something, which was, yeah. which was, was my, my, my pref well, actually, my original preferred title was Lord of Moria, but that was for the the previous version where you're playing Balance Expedition because I mm -hmm. that. And then for this, we we went back and forth, and I went to the long dark. I was like, you know, traveling for a long time and dark. Um, that's actually well, it's a great line from the movie. That's in the book somewhere. I checked it, and yes, it is in the book too. But it's but it's Gandalf talking about the pony. Oh right, okay. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Which so we the. Like one thing in the One Ring role game is almost everything is tied back to a quote from the books, mm -hmm. and we've used all the good quotes. Mm -hmm. There's an awful lot of like, judicious editing. Yeah. Like, you know, how would we, <laughs> how, how we find this combat quote? It's like you know, dot dot dot. dot. <laughs> uh, so yeah, did long, somebody long say, "Hold on, the long dart"? That's talking about a pony. It's not talking about Moria at all. We've got to find another. Well, it, talks about the, it talks about you can't bring a pony into the long dark of Moria. Right. Oh well. Yeah. We okay. Out, we, yeah. we just cut out the. You can't. It's the logic. You can't bring the pony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, complete side note. Um, when I was doing um, prep for this, I went through all the history of the books and along actually four very very long Twitter threads of basically how Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. And one of the funniest bits is his like you know list of things he has to wrap up by the end. As like you know, <laughs> ring must go in fire. Uh, Aragorn married. <laughs> What about the ponies? Ponies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pony gets back safe. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, Actually, yeah. that is a good point. How does the pony get back safe? Because yeah. the others all go on an eagle, don't they? Do the eagles uh, well, carry they, the ponies they, they, in they, their they, claws? Yeah. No, no, they, 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 they have ponies until they get to Rivendell. 
They bring Bill the Pony <laughs> with them uh, to Moria. Towards Moria. Yeah. They turn him away then. He runs back, ah. ends up staying with Tom Bombadil, gets reunited uh, in with Sam and Bree. Sam brings back the Shire. He goes to Pony retirement. There you go. That is what an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, Lord of the Rings does for you. Thank you for he, putting he my mind to, at rest there. He doesn't go to Poli Valinor at the end then. No, Shadowfax <laughs> does, but there's no Poli Valinor for yeah. Poor Bill. No, that's not fair. Anyway, okay, the um, other the other attempt at ahead, controversy. Well, oh, sorry, carry on. on. Go oh, on, go on, go. We have so we called the long dark, and it got changed for reasons I don't know. Apparently, there's a computer game also called the long dark, so that may have something to do with it. But right, okay. I honestly don't yeah. know. Um, right, so no, that that might be it. Might be that yeah. trademark issue. Uh, so the other controversy I'm I'm hoping to find mm. some some gossip behind is everybody was ready for this to launch on Tuesday, just two days ago. Yes, so was I. Well, everybody was. Everybody I think was. this is answering your question, Matt, isn't it? <laughs> you don't know why, what the delay was. I refer you back to my our earlier tangent about responsibility. <laughs> Pressing go on a Kickstarter that's earned God knows how much at this point. Yeah, is it responsibility? <laughs> I, 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 I do not click the buttons. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I wasn't really skill. expecting you to have an answer for that, but I thought there might be some juicy gossip that you'd heard. But uh, uh, no, we have to... <laughs> maybe there is, but I, it hasn't been shared with me. We have to uh, tie Thomas down again, like we did over Blade Runner, and then have him uh, say, "Oh, can we can have we him... edit that bit out of the interview?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was after the event as well. Wasn't yes, it? That was, like, I think he mailed us saying, "Hang on, that bit I said about that, take that out." <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, it's been a real, well, first of all, Dave, have you got any more questions? I've got all the questions I've got answered, but uh, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? Uh, I, mean, I, I think you've already answered kind of the questions I was, I was going to ask. I mean, one of the things I was interested to explore was, um, obviously, the, the book is going to explore the history and tell the history of Moria. Um, I, I was, I think you've answered the question, but you know, the idea of could you play a campaign in different eras of Moria? Could you go back? you know, into the second age and have a campaign in Moria there. Or again, I think, but you've answered the question, it's much more about Balin's time and the third yeah. age. Well, it, 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 it is like, it's not a full history of Moria. It is basically the ruins of Moria after, uh, in the latter uh, age. Ah, right. I mean, okay, you can, right. certainly if you want to run a second age campaign, the material in there will be useful to you because a lot of it is basically, you know, in days of yore, this was a fantastic, like, you know, Citadel Hall, blah, blah, blah. It is now yeah. ruined, and here are the horrible things lurking in the ruins. So it, it, right. it, would, it would be, so be sort of like second order utility to you. It would be like, you know, look, you could build on the stuff in, or rebuild the stuff in there. And, <laughs> yeah. Because um, I mean, a huge theme of the book is like, you know, the vanished glories of the past and so forth, and mm. um, trying to rec recover lost lore and, and, and things. Um, but it would, it would not be. It's not designed to basically be a second, a Marine Second Age guidebook. Yeah, no, no, fine, fine. I mean, looking just looking at the Kickstarter now and the map of Moria, I mean, that is just fantastic. Yeah. The amount of effort that's gone into that, um, and it that's as canonical as we're going to get, I guess. According it, it, to the Kickstarter, the amount of research yes, that, 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 that that map is in character presented as a map drawn after the fall of Moria. Right. from like records of recollections drawn the blue mountains so 
even if your players get hold of that map, what they find it might not be accurate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're basically we've also grouped grouped the landmarks by um, I can't remember the exact title of hand, but there's like you know, famous ones which you know everyone knows. The doors of Durin right. are at the east end. Uh, everyone knows about the the um, the great chasm in the second hall. Everyone knows the first hall. Um, then there are more obscure locations like the um, Chamber of Marzival. If you are a dwarven historian or Gandalf, you'd go, aha, this is Chamber of Marzival. <laughs> Most people wouldn't have heard of it. It's not, it's not a famous location. It's a really known location. And yep. then there are places which are unknown locations. Either they were secret back in the day and have been totally forgotten because everyone knew about them is dead. Or yep. they've been created since um, since the fall of Moria, so dwarves don't know about them. They those you have to discover in play because they're not going to show up on any map or dwarven lore masters. Uh, that is brilliant. Moria. I like the fact that dwarven characters that, might yeah. have some extra knowledge that the other player oh, characters yeah. don't. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, Moria was I said, they, their holy city. They, mm. they will know yeah. the famous places they've heard. Gimli even said like you know, like you know, seen those peaks, seen those peaks in my dreams many times. And he yes, like yeah. rambles on with poetic stuff about um, Kibblenara and Kalanzaram and so forth. But they don't uh, know I think, everything. I think, I think the, they don't know no. the no. secret places. I love that. Cool. Exactly. I think that map alone is probably worth backing the, the Kickstarter. Um, you know, and Gorgeous. everything that you've written is the bonus. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hand drawn as well. I mean, it's superb. Yeah. Inked at the moment. I actually ink it with a real pen. Ah, uh, it's brilliant. They do. Um, thank you, Gareth. Thank no, you for coming to join us. And um, I hope that we can invite you, have an excuse to invite you on the show again. To talk about the Dracula dust. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't have to be about <laughs> we are, we, Exactly. I've got I have so many other things I can plug. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's a good point. Um, apart from Moria, have you got any new novels to plug coming out soon or oh, any you other fool, You fool, you fool. Um, okay, apart from Moria, um, what have I got out of one? Yes, I've got a new novel that came out in May, which is The Sword Defiant, which is a possibly interesting to talk to people because basically the inspiration for that one is lying in the introduction of the Rings, where talking goes, Lord of the Rings isn't based on the course of the real world at all. At all. If it was based on World War II, then um, Sauron would not have been like, thrown down, but, or the ring would not have been uh, destroyed by using against Sauron. And Baradur would yeah. have been destroyed or occupied. So, it's, ooh, yeah. occupied Baradur, awesome idea. So, Sword Defiant is about basically these group of adventurers who slay the Dark Lord, take his magic stuff, and then end up living in his city of evil. And then it's 20 years after the, fo- the, the defeat of the Dark Lord, and they're all old and angsty and have bad backs. It is very <laughs> much sort of like a, a middle aged fantasy novel. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, I've done a campaign for Rowan Root Deckard for their heart game, which is oh, another nice. dungeon crawl. But I, I seem to keep writing dungeon crawls at the same time as doing Maria. Cause twice now I've written Maria in parallel with a surreal weird dungeon crawl. Because ah. first with Maria, I wrote at the same time as Eyes of the Stone Thief, which is this That was another dungeon. great campaign I was going to yeah. mention, but um, but you've been done it now, so well done. I, uh, oh, I... Uh, <laughs> No responsibility, some credibility, endless self-promotion. <laughs> um, so I've done this campaign for, the, uh, for them, for their heart game, which is this weird train-based psycho-surreal dungeon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What else have I got out at the moment? Um, many things coming out from various publishers, uh, but there's been various production delays. So yeah, no, no, novel, novels and the hard campaign are the, are the main things on at the moment. Brilliant. Cool. Um, well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Well, that was a real pleasure. Um, I haven't spoken to, to Gareth before, but um, what a lovely fellow. Um, what a lovely a, fellow. What well, such a delight. Lovely, lovely man. A real, you know, that, that 40 odd minutes just flew by um, and it was a real pleasure talking to him. Uh, yeah. So um, you've backed it. I haven't yeah. backed it. Yeah. I might back it. Just, Can I persuade I mean, you? Can I persuade you by pointing out that I wasn't going to back it until I saw the deluxe cover? Mm. Yes, the deluxe cover does look very nice, doesn't it? And I, I do have the it deluxe. Does. I do have the deluxe version of the original, the One Ring Core book, uh, on my shelf behind me, and that looks lovely. <clears throat> yeah, my problem is, when am I ever going to play it or run it? And I mean that is a problem with a lot of things, but I also yeah. I do buy I do buy stuff that looks good on my shelf. You buy all sorts of shit that goes on your shelves. Come on, I, don't I, need to I, open it. I, I don't have any shelf space left, mind. But um, well, sell some yeah. of your old shit. Well, I'm tempted to. I've got quite a lot of board games I could get rid of, but um, yeah. Um, so I'm tempted. I mean, and that that map of Moria just looks fabulous. You know, nothing else. Just, um, yeah. just looking at so it. I went for um, for a version of that. I I can't remember exactly. I've gone I've gone for a package that includes the cloth map. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether I'll stay at that package because I've generally been a given cloth maps, but I can just see peeking out under my monitor here um, cloth maps that we took to Dragon Meat. Um, and thinking how nice they are. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I might I might stay where I am and just have that. The deluxe um, bundle for the one ring with the cloth mat. Mm, mm, that looks yeah. nice, doesn't it? But it's 18... Yeah, it's that's nearly £90. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, and then the cloth You could back it for a pound and then do a deluxe book as an add-on if, if you just wanted the deluxe book. Or maybe there's even a version that's just the deluxe. I think there is a version for just the deluxe. That's the five e version. Oh, the net was close, and that's sixty quid for the deluxe book. Mm. Yeah, I might. I mean, you know, it's my birthday (laughs) week. I might. I might just treat myself. It's your birthday. You know, we're going to get a copy from Free League anyway because they send us review copies of everything, but they won't send us the deluxe review. No, 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 no. So if you want the deluxe, you've got a back. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I'll let you make that decision. Um, are, are we done talking about Gareth? I mean, we'd love to have him back for a special. Um, I think we maybe. should get him back for an effect special to talk about the, the, the Dracula, Dracula dossier. dossier. So you can just sit there and, like, you know, fan gush for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, you, are, you don't think I did enough fan gushing in this in that, in that episode? <laughs> you always do too much fan gushing, mate. And frankly, that phrase is one we should never, ever use again because it comes <laughs> up with all sorts of horrible images in my head. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll do that interview then, maybe on live on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how you want to run it. 
you might well, be I was thinking doing... you'd ask the questions. I'd just um, <laughs> fan <watch>. gush. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Right. What are we doing next week? What are we doing next week? <laughs> move on. Move on. Very um, rapidly. Now, we, 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 I realised that we needed to get this interview in early because it's not actually a very long Kickstarter campaign, is it? I mean, I think we're already down to nine days or something when people listen to this. Something like that, yeah. So we, you know, if, we'd, if we'd done this interview next weekend or next episode, we would have missed it. But it booted an article that you have probably already written i'm sure in time for this week's episode because you've just finished writing market garden the next supplement for war stories and you're going to have, a little yes. article about that yes i was i will i shall you well, have next time. you have done already I, you'll just i haven't, that I haven't written it yet <clears throat> you I haven't written it yet no. no 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 um you but yeah okay. a sigh of relief when i said i've got an interview with <laughs> well i did this week actually i've had a busy week um mm. But uh, yes, so next next time, uh, yeah, I'll do a little bit on Market Garden. That sounds, cool. That sounds that sounds fun. Nice. Um, and just just so people know, I have just backed for the deluxe edition of Moria. Well done. I knew you would. <sighs> um, I'm such a fucking lightweight. I really am. Well, you just got paid for Alien. Um... I did. I did. For building better worlds, so that's true. I should I should indulge myself a little bit. That was Excellent. cool. Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, I mean, actually, this could have been in the game world of gaming. Um, apparently, Thomas has said that it's now with uh, Disney for approval. Mm-hmm. So, ooh, don't know how long that'll take, but fingers crossed, it might not be so much longer before those PDFs start appearing in people's inboxes. Fingers Excellent. Crossed. Fingers crossed cool. on that one. Yep. And you'll have to send me a copy of the PDF because I haven't ordered it, but I'd like to have a look at it. And obviously, <laughs> I wouldn't keep that copy. I'd just have a look at it and then delete it. Obviously. Anyway, um, anyway. I think that's enough for now. So it's uh, it's goodbye for me. And it's goodbye from him. Me, icons, bless your adventures. <laughs> you have been listening to The Effect Podcast. Presented by Fiction Suit and the RPG Gods. Music, stars on a black sea, used with permission of Free League Publishing.